You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Kapow, the pop culture podcast is back. Welcome, my name is Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. Seth. Movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about him? Save Martha! Puny God. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. I'm Batman. Kneel before Zod! Under Ruth! Said it yourself, bitch. We're the guardians of the galaxy. So what's it gonna be, huh? Long, sullen silence? Or mean comment? Go on. You got me in a box here. <laughs> well, there was a new movie we were gonna, we're gonna talk about Black Panther. Right? We're going to play a game first. We're going to play a game first. A game connected to movies? You have my interest. <laughs> I think you'll like this game. I think it's good. This is, uh, I'm calling this culturally relevant. This is the game. There's a, uh, <laughs> I just have a bunch of screenshots here, but uh, the, um, there's an article called Quantitative Approaches for Evaluating the Influence of Films Using the Internet Movie Database, IMDb. And they, uh, yeah, take it in. It sounds uh, like a college thesis. Yeah. So basically, so there is a, there's a button on uh, the IMDb uh, app. I'm sure it's on their webpage also, but it's called Connections. And people like log anytime a reference is made about a, a movie in an, in another movie or mm. another TV show or anything and in a, a lot of, all kinds of things and they put these they log these connections in there and then someone did the math <laughs> and compiled a list of the top 100 most influential movies of all time. Okay, so what I'm going to do is go to these connections, pick a movie off of the uh, out of the top 100 and go to the connections and give you guys like what try to be slightly vague without revealing it, give you enough to work with and try to you figure out what the influential movie is from the uh, from the whatever. Mm. What I'm thinking of so these movies that from have the reference impacted pop culture right. long after they came out. Yes, these are culturally relevant. Okay, I'll give you an example. I'll use. Uh, I'm just gonna look. I haven't even looked this up. I'm gonna use the what should be the most culturally relevant movie of all time, Point Break. It's the best movie ever made. So we're gonna look here. Like Tony Stark calls Thor Point Break. That that would count yeah. as a connection, right? Okay, I'm get, I'm putting the pieces together. Yeah. So an example of what you would uh, 
where it has been used. Um, uh, <laughs> I like this. In an episode of Robot Chicken, James Bond goes skydiving the and at, at the end it says, point break, bitches. <laughs> so there's a reference. You would know right away that he's referring to point break. <laughs> yeah. That's a gimme. Yeah, that, that was a gimme. Um, that's good enough. That's a good example. Okay. Let's <laughs> you'll learn as you go. I feel you're using the term game very loosely. Oh yeah. come on. You'll 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 love it. Is this versus? Am I trying to be well, you guys can yeah, I think you should just shout it out if you know it. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. So just so versus, yeah. Shout it out if you know it. I'm going to go with your I'm just gonna start right here. It has to be has to be taken into account. Number eighty one of the most influential movies of all, all time, according to this this list, is uh Avatar. <laughs> Incorrect. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. I gotta find my avatar. False. <laughs> Actually, I've already screwed the game up because I told you what to do. Oh, that's what <laughs> yeah. I thought of. Why are you telling me what it is? <laughs> well, this is our example, then. This is a better one to be an example. It was okay. uh, one of the references was uh, in uh, episode season 13, episode 13 of South Park. Cartman uh, does a parody. Uh, it's called Dances with Smurfs. And in an episode of... Have you ever heard of the show Pickle and Peanut? Apparently it's John Heater and the guy that plays Bo on Superstore. Oh. Is it like, it's a cartoon, I think. Pickle uses his rat tail hair to connect with the rat. Avatar. See? Boom, you did it. <laughs> oh, my. I knew you guys would be good at this. Okay. Now we have... Okay, uh, here's this a good... This. Get ready. Let me find what number movie this was. This is number 49. Most influential movie of all time. More influential than Avatar. There's a hint. Hmm. Yes. Yes. Uh, in the movie Flushed Away, 2006, when Roddy first comes down to the underground city, there's an offer to feed the flies just a tuppence a bag. Mary Poppins. Boom. You're getting crushed, Jordan. You're losing really bad. That was a gimme. But you got it. You, You nailed it. Okay, that was number 49. You think that's too high, too low? Flushed Away was number 49? No, Mary Poppins, (laughs) number 49, (laughs) most influential movie of all time. Okay. Okay, Mm -hmm. let's see. Um, Here's one. We know this is culturally relevant, definitely. Um. Find the uh, okay in a 
in this movie, I'm not even going to tell you what movie because it would probably give it away that, that the reference is from. In a 1997 movie, the character Random Task throws his shoe at people. Who throws a shoe? Honestly. <laughs> Odd job, James Bond. Man, what, what movie? The man, uh, Golden Gold Man. <laughs> The gold man. <laughs> Dr. No. The Goldberg. No. The man with the golden gun. No. Uh, Goldfinger. <laughs> Goldfinger. We know that's culturally relevant. We we have parodied their song. You drop that in right here. Pearl Mother. Pearl Mother. Uh, I'll give you another reference from that movie since you got it so fast. To remove his tattoo in season one, episode one of The Simpsons. Bart is strapped to a table with a laser moving towards him. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're killing it. You guys are too good at this game. Okay. I'm going to get a little harder here. This is number 95 most influential movie of all time. Let's see Ghostbusters in Ghostbusters 1984 there's a scene in which the Art Deco temple emits plasma and lightning when the portal doors are open which bears a resemblance to something in the movie okay I'll give you another one next clue in Risky Business, 1983, while Joel, Tom Cruise, is waiting for class to end in school, the clock is running backwards. <laughs> in Beneath the Planet of the Apes, 1970, there's a close-up of someone's hand on a factory button painstakingly recreated. And this is this it's possible you guys will get this, but I would think one of you could come up with this with this clip. Metropolis? Very good. You got it. Jordan got mm-hmm. it after three. Okay. This one would it show this one will really show how culturally relevant Metropolis is. If anyone looks up the poster or you know Sure, you've heard this in your life, Cliff, but C-3PO is famously modeled after the robot from Metropolis. So this mm. looks just like him. Very good. Good job. Also, in uh, uh, Futurama, Bender's big score, the city's travel tubes are seen in the opening credits transforming the main characters. All right. A couple more. Guys did good there. How about number six? The sixth most influential movie of all time. In Caddyshack, 1980, in the scene with the Baby Ruth candy bar in the pool, which everyone thought was feces. 
this music played from mm-hmm. this famous movie. Gotta be Jaws. It's Jaws, sixth most influential movie of all mm-hmm. time. That that theme song is used repeat repeatedly. Okay. How about see how many I got left here? I think I don't have more than two. Let's um okay. <laughs> yeah, I got a couple here. Um this movie is number 25 on the most influential movie list. In Zoolander. 2001, Hansel says, cut me during a contest. Rocky. Boom. I was thinking uh, Raging Bull. I was like, I I was thinking (laughs) boxing. I was like, I don't think it's from Raging Bull. Like, I didn't think Rocky. That would have been a good guess. Um, I had a I had a reference from Major Dad. I was going to use <laughs> <laughs> the gimme would have been a uh, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air training montage, eat, drinking raw eggs and stuff. But trying to go vague at the beginning. Okay, I think I got one more here. You guys are too good at this. Okay, let's see. This movie is number 65 on that list. Um, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia, season nine, episode six. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, you know it already? <laughs> <laughs> There's 10,000 of them. Okay. Um, the sequence following Dennis getting shot in the head spoofs this movie. Deer Hunter. <laughs> no. No? Oh. Um, trying to remember which time Dennis got shot. <laughs> uh, oh, it, this is another vague reference. Um, in Be Kind, Rewind, this movie is one of the sweeted movies. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't give anything away, but I love that. <laughs> um, I like. Let's see. I got another. Uh, this this one's probably given away, but I like the reference in the uh, movie Emmanuel through time colon Emmanuel's Skin <laughs> City. <laughs> there is a TV show on there called I'd Screw That for a Dollar. <laughs> Gotta be RoboCop. RoboCop. Got it. That was great. You guys did great. Uh, there was a, a episode of Community. A couple episodes they reference it. Uh, uh, RoboCop was the most referenced movie in Running the Asylum. We had a. We <laughs> made sure to put a RoboCop reference in every episode. You guys did good. I think it may have been uh, three three or something like that. It was pretty close. Not bad. Not bad. Not too shabby. I'll, I'll prepare some more for the future. I thought that was pretty good. 
So if we're, if we're gaming, uh, this doesn't really fit anywhere else. But I I bought a video game this week. What I did it was, too. It's very old. <laughs> I but mine's a little old for a sad reason. Uh-oh. Uh Because Kevin Conroy passed away unexpectedly at the age of sixty-six from intestinal cancer. Ugh. So this is the voice in 1992 Batman the animated series debuted starring as Bruce Wayne and Batman and stuck with that series and the new animated adventures Batman Beyond Justice League Justice League Unlimited every, every incarnation every video game dozen animated movies he appeared at live action on the CW as a version of Batman in the multiverse so just a Batman to a generation, and more specifically, our generation, I would believe, as us 90s kids. So uh, that was a sad thing to wake up to on Friday. Um, he he has a BFA from Juilliard, which is you know the like most acclaimed acting school. He was a where he room he roomed with Robin Williams. Uh, had a had a career in the theater. And throughout the 80s on TV, he was in Dynasty, a tour of duty for a couple seasons, the Vietnam show. And then in the early 90s, his career completely changed doing the voice acting stuff. Uh, came out as gay in 2016 and wrote a story this year. DC, every last couple of years, has done a Pride anthology during Pride Month focusing on some of the LGBTQ characters. And he wrote an autobiographical story called Finding Batman in this most recent one in June 22. And it's phenomenal. And DC made it free. So you can read the whole issue online for free in honor of Kevin Conroy. It was good. And it was it was just outstanding. It like, I kind of flipped through that issue and was reading a few of them. And I got to that one and it just floored me. But it's him growing up, closeted gay man in the theater. And, he, you know, he said he wasn't he didn't try to hide it from people in his life, but he did kind of try to hide it professionally and the stress that caused and, you know, the, the, the trauma he went through and the problems he had and, and the AIDS crisis throughout the 80s. And then basically when it got to Batman, you know, being asked, hey, can you play a character? who is one way in private and one way in public. Do you understand that dichotomy? And he's just like, yeah, I got this. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just, I, I recommend anybody uh, go out and read that. It's just like eight pages. It's, it's just, it's really powerful. But I had just, like two weeks before this happened, I was looking, because I was thinking, it's getting winter time. It's getting dark early. I literally haven't plugged in my PlayStation 3 in, three years it's just been sitting there getting dusty i thought i could i should play some video games and i thought I, you know i bought that thing when arkham city came out and the the kid at gamestop was like so what what you know what do you you know what are you looking to you know why are you getting into why are you taking the plunge it's like uh batman i want to play batman i told him that you know however many years ago i bought this thing and I played Arkham Asylum and just never got to Arkham City because I am not a gamer, obviously. <laughs> but I just never got to it. And I thought literally two weeks ago, I was like, I should, I should order Arkham City and, and play that. You know, I got, I have some more free time this morning. That'd be cool. 
And I just looked at, I priced it, and okay, I'll get to that at some point. And then Friday, we get hit with the Kevin Conroy news, and I ordered it that day. And so I, I started playing it the other night, and you know, getting to jump off rooftops and hear Kevin Conroy, you know, grunt and intimidate criminals and yeah. and, uh, and beat the snot out of some Arkham thugs has has been a little bit, uh, uh, what do you call that? Healthy therapeutic. Uh, therapeutic. There you go. <laughs> So we will miss the man. Uh, I literally missed the man. <laughs> he was supposed to be at the con clip when I went to. That's right. In August, he was scheduled as one of the headlining guests. We were fully and, prepared of to you know get some autographs and yeah. and there at the last minute he he had canceled. So. So yeah, Larry Hama was you know prime mission, but Kevin Conroy was a close second. Uh, I think I said his last con was like July in Connecticut somewhere, like July. Mm. So he he was doing cons right up till then, but he canceled in August. I thought, well, that's no big deal. He was scheduled for December in Columbus, another show coming up real soon that he was one of the main guests there and just didn't make it. So missed my chance by mere weeks to to meet the man and, and tell him how much I enjoyed his work. So that sucks, but. It sucks. He's got a legion of fans out there that are were very vocal on Friday, all afternoon sharing clips of things and their favorite moments and memes of, you know, the bat signal in an empty sky. And I, I went home that night and had to watch Mask of the Phantasm and, you know, just a uh, sad, sad loss. Way too young. The older we get, all these people getting old, too. Yep. Adam West passed away, and that's sad. But you know, he was he was older. It, it was more expected. He was from a previous generation. But it's like, you know, that that never hit me anywhere in the ballpark of the, of this one. So, yeah, that sucks. Well, so headline: I'm playing a PlayStation Three yeah, video game yes. and loving every minute of it. Yeah, I'm two. <laughs> well, I'm two systems behind, about a decade behind. But yeah, I'm playing. It's right uh, on my pace. Uh, that new God of War came out for PS5, and I I want to play it, but I hadn't played the 2018 God of War, so I ordered it for, you know, I started it basically the other day, and I'm enjoying it, so hopefully I can play it on this va- Thanksgiving vacation and then play the new one at Christmas. Hmm. A lot of grunting in that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so bad at video games. I'm looking at these Riddler clues. I'm like, what? I don't know. Is there a box over there? What am I? Supposed? I'm just running around circles. It's got a question mark on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Turn on the the detective goggles. I'm like, there must be something glowing nearby. I'll figure this out at some point. Yeah, I re- I remember playing that. Uh, Cooper was really into that game when it came out. Yeah, I played it back in the day. Yeah, I think he still has a poster. Um, from when that was released, some of the artwork from the, uh, the game cover and whatnot. And, um, but I remember at, back then, uh, trying to play that and being like, I, I am too old for this. <laughs> like <laughs> it is trying to lead me somewhere and I still can't figure it out. Like, so it's a very Spider-Man, Batman, those games, mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of, Pulling people up went through web. Yeah. 
you know, I'm in some abandoned warehouse or whatever. And it was like, we better get back to where we came in. You know, I think thing, the clues at the entrance, I'm walking in circles. <laughs> he just keeps saying, I think it's back there. <laughs> like, I don't know where I am. Where are you pointing? <laughs> oh, I'm through the ducts. I'm like, I, I'm really lost here. <sighs> well, speaking of superheroes, there was a pretty big superhero movie that came out just recently. Tell me how to best protect Wakanda. Without the Black Panther, Wakanda will fall. My ancestors would often say, only the most broken people can be great leaders. My enemies call me no more. They came from the water. He has superhuman strength. I need to know if Wakanda is an ally or an enemy. You can come and find out. Let our gracious response to this incursion be an olive branch. Further attempts on our resources will be considered an act of aggression and met with a much steeper response. That can't be good. Wakanda forever. Uh, speaking of people passing. Right. I it really reminded me, and I hadn't thought about it. Um, just because I've I was preoccupied with vacation and 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 Star Wars and other stuff happening, and I hadn't really thought about it, but when Chadwick Chadwick Boseman passed away, we were recording an episode, and it was one of the first ones we had done with Zoom and during the pandemic, and um, and and we we kind of caught caught that moment um i think yeah i remember cutting up the video that little clip of of when that happened and and putting it on the website and stuff and and how surprising it was and out of nowhere and you know we can look at it now and go oh yeah there were signs but but you know just as a fan um how hard it hit and then you know here we are at wakanda forever and and what are they going to do how are they going to continue this story and what characters and, and this and that. And so I think you guys saw it before me, um, as far as that goes. And, uh, cause I didn't see it till just, uh, what, two or three days ago. So you've had I more time it, to think about it. I saw it Thursday night, the night it opened with three of my closest friends. <laughs> there were only four people in the theater. <laughs> Marietta, Marietta, Marietta. But yeah, like you're saying, like Chadwick Boseman is bigger than that part too. Like as a cultural figure, as a you know, a, a, just what he brought to that role, what he brought to you know, the community that embraced it. Like it's not just like, well, okay, we'll put Harrison Ford in the role. He can t- he can take over as Thunderbolt Ross. Like that's that's less of a thing. This one, they were never going to recast it, um, and it just you had to deal with it. 
So I, I, already the difficulty of this movie is ratcheted up by tenfold of like, how do we deal with this in, in story? Yeah. And, you know, with all the personality, you know, the actual humans involved who are grieving, losing a friend and a coworker. So it's like the, for this movie to have any chance to work <laughs> was already yeah. way more difficult. So I, I want to cut it slack <laughs> for what it had to do and what it managed to do. So I, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's a strange, it's a strange entry in the Marvel in the Marvel machine, but it's also still part of the <laughs> ever forward to keep, <laughs> keep going. Yeah. There was a lot of, there was a, a, I, I, I like that opening, you know, the funeral. Mm-hmm. That was good. Just do that in story. We didn't, you know. Even the, the, the credits, the Marvel logo. Yeah, just him. With no music, just silence. Like, yeah. oh, that just that set the tone right there. Like, oh, I yeah. might, I should have brought some Kleenex. Yeah. Yeah, that was, a, that was really nice to see them, you know, like pay homage to the, actor and character that way right off the bat so you didn't have to wonder how what they were going to do yeah because i really you know at first before i saw the trailer i didn't have very high expectations and i thought this just seems like it's way too easy to mess up they're going to try and do too much they're going to try and work it in too hard you know ram it in story-wise and then, then that trailer came out and I was like, oh, this looks really good. You know, it was a very emotional trailer. But then after time passed with that and then as I'm, I'm like, oh, I got to go see this movie. I'm like, ooh, I was kind of back to this probably isn't going to be very good. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I was, I remember having that thought of like, how are they going to do this? Are they going to try are they going to mess up the the story you know but to to they treated his death very respectfully and somberly and like you know with all the right you know they didn't rush it and they also didn't i don't know glorify it or gratuitously like it happened off camera it was an illness it, yeah. it doesn't need to be like i was afraid that like I can't believe he was killed by that robot attack yeah. or whatever. Like yeah. I had thoughts of like they're gonna marvel this up somehow and like can't believe the lizard came. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, there'd just be some news report. It's like it's been six months since the child fell at the hands of the alien armada. Or like you didn't just I didn't want that and didn't need it. I'm glad right. they went the opposite route. So yeah, we are going to spoil this a little bit, maybe not every nook and cranny, but we will be mentioning some things. That would be impossible. Plot points, yeah. So, what did we think? Same same director, Ryan Coogler. Same cast with a few additions. I mean, for me, overall, I I thought it was fine. It wasn't, you know, it's not it's not happy. It doesn't have a happy ending necessarily. It's just kind of like you said, the whole, the whole thing. It, it, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I thought Marvel did about as good a job as I, 
I could have expected them to do it. I mean, even with story and stuff, um, because he was just such a big presence in, in, in the MCU that how do you make up for that? Um, without, you know, just ruining everything that's come before it. But I thought, I thought it was good enough. Like I thought the story was, was fine. Good enough. Good enough. Um, I just felt, like I said, that he has a big presence and we're missing his presence. And the movie, just throughout the whole movie, felt like that. Where, like, I don't know, the movie was sure who the main character was. Like, you know, Shuri, she's going to take over the role. Well, no, we we follow Angela Bassett's, you know, queen character for a while. Oh, it's really, now it's Namor's story that that we're trying to tell. Or, oh, we're introducing. Ironheart yeah. and like it, I said it was a movie of all supporting characters, mm-hmm. and like we're missing that core, <laughs> that core character that who you know, it just didn't, I don't know, it didn't have the focus or it didn't have the, the heart to it. I don't, I don't know. The, 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 I just I, the movie didn't quite know what to do, so I felt like I didn't know what was going. The fact that they had to make a movie was the problem, in mm-hmm. my opinion. I. I that Black Panther was hugely successful. There's no way they weren't going to make a movie sequel. Uh, they had to, with or without him. It had to happen. But like you said, there's this person, that person, this is the other person. They got to stuff all the Marvel machine in there to keep this train running. And it, sh- it should have been a show. This should have been a- an eight episode show. You had all these characters you're going to stuff in. You know, Martin Freeman and Julie Louis-Dreyfus and Ironheart has no story surrounding her. Like, that could have been an episode. Uh, you could have, you know, you got Angela Bassett doing her stuff. You got all of this exposition with Namor. And, you know, I, you know, all, all there was so much, so overstuffed this movie it was like all the side dishes at thanksgiving there there no there was nothing else just keep eating all these different salads and all all this it's like i needed just it needed to breathe i would have liked this in in weekly chunks of yeah like i said an iron heart episode and you know these different battles you know could just be part of an episode you know i wouldn't I don't know. I, you know, I fully thought this out, but I feel like it just needed to breathe. It was too stuffed in there. I have three hours of <laughs> side dishes, and I, ne- and I just never got what I wanted. I, I felt I'm having like... a hard time criticizing it because I like yeah. all these characters. I like all their stories. I love all the actors. Every actor yeah. is amazing. Kind of, yeah. So it's like, what don't I like about? It? I can't quite put my finger on what it is. It, it really felt to me like it was just that we need to move on. We have to do this to move on. So let's, let's just make it, get it over with, put it out there. And then we can, you know, but they, but, but we also have to do these things to go to the next step. And it's like, this movie did not need the Martin Friedman, Julia drives. It didn't need any of that at all. None of that. That could have been a, an email. We, you know, but if you were going to do it, it would have been fine in a show. You know, it would would have been a fine storyline in there. In there, But anyway, 
And I did not like the way it looked. I I know it doesn't look that much different than the than other Marvel movies, but the Avatar trailer did not do it any favors. It's bef- the, they got the trailer beforehand. It's this bright, colorful underwater blue people, and then we got this movie with the blue people and underwater, this dank, dark, mm-hmm. and just not pretty. And I the whole and I hated the first hour to hour and a half of this movie i was bored like just so much yakety yak that i i mean i cared about it. i i liked the story but it, it just was there was nothing nothing to I, I was like am i really gonna hate this i felt like the second half brought it back for me i i did like stuff and killmonger showing up that was cool uh all that but i, I just thought the, that gray blue palette is wearing me out. I don't know what to do about it. I don't know if they have any plans, but it's just like these network, these uh, studios that just have one look and they cannot do anything else. I, I The little bits of color when they did whatever these characters, uh, Nipita Nyong'o was playing, mm-hmm. you know, the, where they have their suits, that brought a little bit of color. Uh, but it's just like, I don't know. I'm scared to death for when the X-Men come back because I want 80s colorful X-Men this time. I don't want leather jackets. <laughs> I want yeah. I want, you know, yeah. them to really come out and pop. I want when Fantastic 4 and X-Men come back, I'm just saying what I want. I want it to be this psychedelic colorful thing and it's going to be this we were supposed to be wowed by this underwater city and just in awe. And it yeah. was like, it just, it, no. I couldn't see what anything was. Right. No, it was murky. Right. The whole yeah. thing was murky. I loved, I loved the guy that played Namor and mm. I, I liked the idea of the story. I mean, it really, it, well, it, it, it was just the Atlantis, Atlantean thing. You know, now, now it's like it has a, something to sink your teeth into and there's all this colonialism and these, people these people fighting against each other when they should be working together you know yeah. and, and it's it sets up a lot of stuff it yes. needed more time to it there some of this there was some decisions that i was just like it's like you got you have some stuff to sink your teeth into if you spread this out a little bit but instead you're just like he just murders angela bassett yeah, somehow Would we love to murder Ironheart, whoever she is. She just <laughs> needs to die. We don't need to even talk to her and like discuss this. It's like you're just a cold blooded killer, you know. Somehow, we uh, no matter what effort they put into it, we just ended up with Mexicans versus black people in a gang war, yeah. So, <laughs> which is not good. But I, but, yeah, I, I, I didn't mind the changes. I, you know, Namor is uh, literally one of the oldest characters. You know, he he was in Marvel Comics number one. He is the yeah, oldest right, yeah. Marvel character. So, and I didn't mind the changes. That's fine, especially because Aquaman beat him to the big screen. Right. And to have a, another Atlantis, another blonde-haired king of the ocean. You know, that, that Aquaman looked better than this. Yeah, that was never going to work. So changing it, changing the culture. It made a lot of sense of why it needed to be in a Black Panther movie yeah. because of the parallels between Wakanda and this right. Talokan, I guess it is. Yeah. Called now. And, and so when like, when it they're all made not, sense and it was all fine. Right. 
when when they're not <laughs> under <laughs> we liked it <laughs> <laughs> when they're not underwater like you know the the mayan costumes with the feathers and the bright colors like it looked awesome but they were always underwater for the most of the movie and it just it just washed it out and you couldn't tell yeah it's very washed out looking yeah. to me even threw in a tuma and Namora and like mm-hmm. you know just not a tuma so, so much going on. <laughs> I was I I I never watched I, I you know I've said it often now but I I never watched after that first trailer which was phenomenal I love that first trailer it's like that was great I was like I'm not watching anything else and uh, so when it when I watched the movie and I'm like, okay, there's going to be a, you know, black Panther at some point. I, I was still, you know, like the idea that I did not know for, I mean, I felt like it was going to be Shuri, but Mm -hmm. I felt like Michonne and Lupita Nyong'o both were candidates. Yeah. You know, they, I felt like they were legit when, when they, you know, like banished what's Michonne's name. (laughs) Okoye. Okoye. Um, when they banished her for no, basically no reason, didn't make any sense. I, uh, I thought, well, they're setting up. She could be the, you know, she could be the Black Panther. And then, uh, well, Peter Nyong'o was like, she could. I forgot she was in these movies. I, you know, I was like, this I was like, I really like the idea of her doing it. And you know, yeah, and me I, too. It, and so, I just like that. I honestly did not know. I did. I did not know what who was going to be. Well, I was disappointed at the end when like everybody had a suit of some sort, but (laughs) then like M'Baku didn't get a suit. He got like a fancy stick, but I was like, why didn't he get a suit? I want to see the gorilla suit. Like now at the end, he says he's, he's going to challenge somebody to a birthday party. Gorilla. suit. (laughs) Is he going to get a suit next time? I don't, it's like next time, baby. I like he, he comes in and fights. Wants to chat. I didn't make no sense to me. He comes yeah, to challenge when she's not there. Yeah, he says it's I'm like, gonna challenge, but she's not here. It's like, well, that's real ballsy. Did you not <laughs> know she left? Maybe wait till she's actually there. Uh, it just made no sense to me, mm-hmm. and it made no sense to me. Uh, I mean, I, it does. I'm sure this is some sort of ritual or culture thing or whatever. But it's like, okay, now you're gonna take this. You gotta go burn this suit or something. You gotta. What was she burning? Like the funeral garb or yeah, something? Yeah, the funeral robe. So, and you got to go to Haiti to do that. What? <laughs> I don't. I don't understand. And I'm sorry. I the the them having a child was so contrived to me. Yeah, a hundred percent. All they were doing. I was like, I I sat there and was like, I know what this kid's name is going to be because there's comic books out there that have a black panther and his name's t'challa and this is a character that's licensed and we need there to be mm. a black panther called t'challa and so let's get on that right now we'll start here he is someday we'll have him back for the movie and i did not know this or did not remember this but it makes a whole heck of a lot of sense after the movie for uh disney has announced on Disney Plus coming in February, King T'Challa, Princess Shuri, and the Dora Milaje. There's going to be a Disney Plus series. Like a cartoon? I, I don't think Probably. so. Oh, I don't know. Hmm. I never heard of this. I hadn't either. 
So yeah, all the the you know we got a few more of the side characters, whether it's their love lives or their potential claim to the throne of Wakanda. There are many questions about the Dormilaje that need answering. And Disney Plus will depict Wakanda in full flow, going into every aspect of the country. Mm. So yeah, so they introduce you know the side character, a couple of the side characters. The one kisses the other one on the head, and we got a little moment that ruffle yeah. people's mind feathers whatever but like yeah it's like they <laughs> again for a very crowded show they're like oh we got we got franchising to do get these characters make sure they get some screen time and some face time and some new costumes and yeah. add them in because we got we got a show to produce like i did not like that whole whole uh she's like you had it kid you know yeah you ever told us like we're just, it's just gonna grow up and we're never gonna know unless he you know, it's like, yeah. Well, we told your mom. Oh, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah. We I told everybody sister. but you. I, yeah, you know, <laughs> I was just like, that made no sense that she was just like, oh, okay, that makes perfect sense. You would tell my mom, and she's met him, but everybody's been lying to me. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm, uh, I'm in the immediate family also here. It's like, uh, it made no freaking sense. I just, there's, whatever. This is, uh very low on my full marvel ranking of movies it's not one that i'm in any hurry to revisit I, 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 again i i liked it i liked the the aspects of it i like the piece there's a lot piece, to like I, I like the pieces but yeah again it just felt more like the pieces it felt like these are the necessary pieces to get from this step to that step yeah here you go yeah yeah, in the last couple of days since I've seen it, I've seen a lot of people talking about, oh, uh, this movie marks the end of Marvel's trauma era and and phase whatever we're in. Four. Yeah, which I was like, uh, okay, if you know, I I I understand what you're saying, but did we really need that? Like, I don't know. Now that you mention, I don't know. I haven't heard a whole lot of people talking about it. You know, mm-hmm. when the first one came out, it was a thing. Oh. It was a cultural bombshell. And, you know, w- there was articles and things about the, the, the fashion and the, you know, the Afrofuturism. Yeah, there's been not a the, peep. The, there's there's not, just not a peep, been... but this is just like any other Marvel yeah. movie came out. I, I can't, I was surprised also. I was like, I figured, like, is there not some turnout for this? It wasn't in Marietta. No. <laughs> All right, let me give you my left field fanboy theory. Here's what my mm-hmm. hope is. All right, Bring I'm it. gonna I'm just gonna throw it out there so we can it'll be on record. All right, so we had vibranium. The only source of vibranium in the world is Wakanda, right? Right. No, there is some in the ocean. There's some land in the ocean. Yeah, that's true. Over where uh, the Namor. Well, I will. I'm gonna say there was a third meteor right. crash. Comes in threes. In Eastern Europe, in a little country called Latveria. Oh. It's what Dr. Doom made his armor out of and helped his his mystical, magical stuff and built his Doom bots. And it's what made Latveria a powerhouse, tiny little country. So we're going to have three rival nations. I just solved a a cipher in my (laughs) Captain America comics, and it it all runs through Latveria, it said. (laughs) Uh, so I believe you. I'm on board. <clears throat> That's I don't doubt it. I'm sure. Now that we know it, 
Christ could be anywhere. Ugh. It was fine. Uh, <laughs> it was fine. Whatever. It yeah. Was fine. Bring on yeah. the next See, I'm, one. I'm very curious to hear my nephew because my this was Black Panther was my nephew's favorite movie when it came uh, out. Probably still is. So like I think he's really hyped to see this. So I'm curious. Someone with less cynicism than us. Yeah. Oh, he'll less, love you, it. You know, like, His favorite movie ever. Yeah. Will this yeah. bore him to tears, or will he be down for this and the expansion of the mythos and the yeah. uh, the culture and all that stuff? So I'm I'm Probably very curious not. to hear to hear his take. Yeah. Well, there was another superhero movie recently. Hmm. Not Black Panther. Uh, I don't think so. Black Adam. My son sacrificed his life to save me. These powers are not a gift, but a curse. Born out of rage. needs to be locked down before innocent people start getting hurt. He's been asleep for 5,000 years. If you find us a cell that can hold him, we'll take care of the rest. Who's on the team? I didn't bring a passport. We don't need passports. We're the Justice Society. That's a white lotus. <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Adam Johnson. Oh, yeah. Uh directed by a dude, I didn't know who this guy was, Jamie Collett Sarah. Okay. He's got quite a resume. Horror movies House of Wax and Orphan. And the Liam Neeson movies Unknown, Nonstop, Run All Night, and The Commuter. You just said next to Ken. Or Liam Neeson's this guy mm. has done. And Jungle Cruise. I'm sure that's how he met Dwayne. Ah, there's the the connection. Dwayne the Jungle Johnson. I tell you what, one last thing. Since you just, you you said something I forgot about. In the previews of Black Panther, I I saw the Avatar and this this and that. There was another trailer they ran for a movie called Megan. That was just the, yes, that was about the creepiest looking freaking thing I'd ever seen. (laughs) And when, when it's like dancing and stuff and I was just like, Oh my God, who would want to go see this movie? It was terrifying. Megan. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm fine. He didn't, he didn't direct that. So yeah, this is, uh, this was long in production, I feel like The Rock willed this into existence just by talking about it for a decade that he wanted to be Black Adam. It's come at this very tumultuous time for Warner Brothers where <laughs> everything's in the air, nobody knows what's going on, and people are like, yep, this is the first one of the 10-year point. Oh. So, who knows? I was worried they this weren't going to try to... This is the dark universe of uh, they, the DC... 
I had a feeling they weren't even going to tie it into Shazam whatsoever. They were going to try to pretend like it was two completely separate mm, universes. That would but, have been the most DC thing ever. Yeah. We did get some wizards and some, some mentions that it's a, a shared origin story. But All right, DC guy, what, what was your take on this one? Um, my take was I really did enjoy what they did with the other characters. You know, I've talked before, but I really like Dr. Fate as a character. I know he's been around for, you know, forever. Um, but I've just always, uh, it's just a neat character. I've always liked the look of it and, and the magic and the Lord of Order and, and all of that stuff. You know, the helmet of Naboo. And I, and I really wasn't sure when they announced, like, Pierce Brosnan. I was like, hmm, what? I don't understand what you're doing here. Um... But I really liked it. I thought his presence as what was probably uh, the best out of out of everybody they had on there. Um, and I and I did like, you know, this version of Hawkman. Um, the actor that played him, I thought, you know, he looked the part. It was a cool costume. Okay, it was a cool look. Um, he looked like Hawkman to me, and. I, you know, I I had worried a little bit that they were going to make him kind of a. They weren't going to show him as a like, a powerful character, like a legitimate. This guy is a major superhero, um, of our universe, but I really thought they did him well. Um, the weapons were cool. His attitude, um. And I liked, you know, him being the leader of of the group too. Um, I've I've got to agree. I am sh- shocked he was so cool and like looked real not realistic, but you know, a, a mask with a giant beak yeah. and big metal wing. Like, how do you make that look cool? They some I don't know if the actor had the you know gravitas to pull it off or if they just the costume design was that good. But it, like in a fight, it looked yeah. functional. It looked powerful. And him just standing there, you know, on a spaceship, he still looked, you know, he didn't look like, you know, super friends. You know, right. <laughs> out of place. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that stuff I really liked. Um, you know, uh, even the lesser, the Adam, Adam Smasher, I thought they could have done more, a lot more with him. I thought there was a story from the comics there that they could have do- done a lot more with him and Adam and Black Adam. Um, and, and Cyclone was fine. Um, but they were just kind of there, more or less. I was also impressed with Cyclone, like the look of her powers. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, I'm only thinking, you know, the CW when the Flash moves his arms real fast and makes Cyclone, like I'm, yeah. that's what I'm imagining. You know, this cheesy, but like they made it like she was almost a dancer, very fluid yeah. look to it. So the uh, power, you know, something like Storm and the X Men would look cool, you know, right. creating these windstorms and stuff. Like, I think honestly, I'm just happy they didn't have the character wearing a, a bucket on her head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Some old lady with a bucket on her head, you know. Uncle. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, JSA stuff was A plus. That that, and I didn't even they just kind of showed up. We're the JSA. We've always been here. Like right. they didn't try to explain their history. They just they were just there. They're old superheroes. They've been there forever get on with it yeah and, uh, they just they did it fine 
I it's thought the rest of the movie that didn't quite hold up to right. there. Well, their exactly. Standard. Like, I mean, I thought I thought The Rock or Dwayne Johnson was he, he was fine. What he was okay, but it, a lot of his a lot of his action scenes re- reminded me of that um, that first Superman movie with Henry uh, Cavill. Um, what which one? Uh, Man, Man of, of Steel. Steel. Yeah, it just reminded me a lot of that. And there wasn't anything really that interesting to me. In that it destroyed giant sections of cities and leveled right. buildings and killed a bunch of people and didn't right. give it a second thought. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Superman, right? Right, it's just Superman stuff. Um, but yeah, that that just kind of felt recycled. So, yeah, I, I, I personally, I like the JSA stuff. I felt like they could have, they could have, been more into the traditional Black Adam story, I guess. Um, you know, and it probably would have been better if he would have just been straight up the villain. That's my thinking is that, yeah, him versus the JSA. Right. An anti hero who kills versus the, you know, virtuous good guys and who learns a lesson. Okay, that, you know, yeah. That's a great conflict. But then. We add a 10-minute prologue about millions of years ago. There were these people, and there was a crown that had infinite power and a demon and a wizard. And, like, it's like, all right, you're just adding in them. It felt like Suicide Squad. It felt like so many – sorry, the first Suicide Squad movie with the demons. Like, it just added this generic – It felt like Suicide Squad, not the Suicide Squad. Right, right. So (laughs) – yeah, the so the so who the thing that ends up becoming the villain, I don't even remember its name. It had mm. no personality. It didn't matter at all. Yeah, yeah. But but I really like the the crux of it. you know okay here's we're in Kandak, this nation that's been forgotten and abandoned. You know the heroes don't you know we have our own hero who takes care of mm. things. Like that's a cool setup. And then they have the kid. He was a fanboy. Like yeah. I love Flash and Wonder Woman. Woo! And it's like, why do you? Lo- the whole point is, your heroes have a baby. Right. So you go to Black Adam. So yeah, I just it didn't have the tone. Like, you know, it's going to be dark and dreary. If you're going to do that, go all in. You know, mm. make it a. You know, we hate heroes, and you know, uh, you know, we we want our heroes to yeah. kill people and that kind of thing. But it, it didn't have the guts to do that. Like the story was right in front of them, but they couldn't find it. Right. So. Right. Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, this horrible movie. I mean, it entertained me enough to, you Yeah, know, it was entertaining for sure. Yeah. Now, the action, I thought, was, you know, him fighting the planes and ripping right. the planes in half and stuff. Like, it, it was as good as he, you know, could have expected. But yeah. Although um, he does a few of those, like, wrestling, you know, something hits him, a yeah. bomb blows up. He, he turns his head and gives that eyebrow, <laughs> like, you know, it's. He's, that's like getting hit with a folding chair or something. <laughs> you can't quite get rid of those ticks. But he, I felt like he kind of disappeared into the role as much as he is able. Right. You know, so many we say all his roles, he's just the rock in a different, you know, different T-shirt or whatever. But yeah, you know, he, he actually felt like a different character this time at at cards. So I don't. This is probably close to Black Panther and how much right yeah. how much I got out of it. You know, as far as expectations versus payoff i don't know i um i think the lesson to be learned 
um, hopefully by James Gunn, is, uh, hey, uh, Hawkman and, and these other characters are pretty cool. And uh, maybe we should make movies that, you know, more movies that aren't Batman and Superman. So. Right. But yeah. Well, I think I predicted that I would never see this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I pulled it off so far. That, held, that has held true. <laughs> All right. Any other movies before we wrap things up? No. Uh, no, nothing that's. Uh, I, I real quick. Um, I'm. A, uh, was talking to you guys off air. Um, the big. I don't know. It, was it? A, was it controversial? The, the um, don't worry, darling. Movie wasn't there like a big. Oh, it was just spitting spit all gate. kinds of mess. Yeah, yeah. Between the between behind the, stars the scenes with that. drama. Yeah, watch that today. It's out on HBO Max. And, um, you know, I, I, I liked it. It's, it's not something I would normally watch, but it was interesting. Um, the, the, the look, the, the costuming, the set decoration, um, is it's 1950s, early sixties, um, community and it looks amazing. Um, it blends so well with the with the music they chose throughout the film that plays. Uh, so I, I really, if anything, I really just the whole vibe of that movie um, in those scenes. I super enjoyed that because uh, I like that retro stuff anyways, that mid-century modern stuff. And man, I mean, that uh, the story was was good, but they really nailed that aspect of that movie. <laughs> That was another movie that had a really good trailer and didn't quite live mm, up to it. Yeah. <laughs> but Florence Pugh is terrific. She she knocks it out of the park. Uh, yeah, but the movie doesn't yeah. quite Harry Styles, pay off. The, yeah. He leaves a lot to be desired in this movie, I thought. Other, he's got a great look, but, you know, I don't think acting is necessarily his thing. And you saw the the new Christmas story, you said? Yes. So, um, again, out on HBO Max, uh, this is a Christmas story. Christmas, I think, is the official the official uh, title of this movie. Oh, life moves fast. One day you're playing kick the can with kids named Flick and Schwartz. I triple dog dare you. And the next thing you know, you're a certified adult. Ralph, Ralph dear old man. Fragile. He was the best. Ralphie, promise me we're going to make this a wonderful Christmas. That would make your father so happy. I promise. What had I done? And now it was all up to me? I suggest you start drinking and don't stop till New Year's. The kids... Who wants to go see Santa? This is amazing. Incredible. We will meet you right here when you're done. Don't let him kick you in the face. Huh? It's the half happy season. When it's just us decorating, it kind of feels like child labor. Honey, it's not labor if we don't pay you. Yeah. Cheers. My dad made this all look so easy. Now, I... I'm a, uh, like most people, I think, um, am a huge fan of a Christmas story. 
Um, I, you know, we watch it multiple times a year. We watch it several times once every year on Christmas Eve and Christmas when it's on 20, 24 hours. Um, I've been to a Christmas story house in Cleveland. Me too. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, where they filmed uh, a good portion of this movie. Um, I personally, I have seen all of the, these movies. I've seen Ollie hop noodles, Haven of bliss. I've seen a summer story. I've seen a Christmas story too. I've seen every caravan of Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen every, you know, sequel to that, to that movie. And I thought it was, I enjoyed it. Like I didn't have very high expectations because I've seen all those other movies. Um, but you know, it's, it's finally bringing Ralphie back the, 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 you know, the, the Ralphie and, um, they have recast a couple roles, but, uh, uh, they have stuck with the original actors and in, in some of the other ones that all grown up and, uh, takes place in 1973 and I, I, you know, Ralphie's grown up. He's has his own struggles with his family, and but he still loves Christmas and has those wonderful nostalgic memories, just like we do. And 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 he just wants to, you know, to pull that off, uh, just like his old man would. And but I I I thought it was cute. The story was it was sweet and and you know, um, not ridiculously over the top. I mean, it's supposed to be silly. It's supposed to be a family movie for all ages and especially children. And um, they they did some of the same tropes from that original movie. You know, Ralphie is still the, you know, he's still the dreamer. He still um, plays out, you know, the the ridiculous scenes uh, in his head, just like when he had the the, the BB gun and, and shooting the guys off his out of his back porch window. Um so I liked it. It's it's something we'll watch several times over, um, probably for years to come. So, yeah, I had another friend say I sat down expecting to hate this because they love the original so much yeah. and just figured this was just a cash in piece right. of crap. And they're like, I love it. Yeah, um, I I I really thought Peter Billingsley tried his best to play this role as he did in 1983. You know, I, I really did. I really felt like, you know, he's, he's not a big time actor, never was, but, and he's done most of his work in directing, producing stuff like that. But I really thought he really gave an effort here in, in trying to, to, to recapture that character, you know, even though he was eight years old or whatever when he played it. It's just the grown up version who still, you know, much like a lot of us, we're 40 some, 50 some years old. And, and you know, in our head, we still feel like we're we're 13 or 14. Um, that's just what I took from it. So I thought it was cute. I thought it was fun. Sweet movie. Good for everybody. Well, I can give you my recommendation for the week. And if I'm allowed on the Poobah Awards this year, this will be this will be my number one. So I'm already spoiling it. And you're gonna have to stop oh, me. I have no doubt. I knew right away. So. <laughs> and again, a movie I didn't expect anything from 
and ended up adoring Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. It was on the Roku channel. If you I'm got wondering... Roku, plug that sucker in, or you can just you go to it. like Roku.com. Mm -hmm. you, you type that nice. in, and it's like that's the first thing there. Like, hey, you want to watch this movie? Click here. Like, it was very easy. It didn't require any searching or finding. It was an app on my TV. I just downloaded the app and played it. So this began in 2010 as a fake trailer on Funny or Die. <laughs> the director made this thing, you know, as, you know, Walk the Line, uh, you know, all these music biopics that we know uh, Rocket Man and uh, the the Queen, what you know, like they all follow a similar kind of tale. So he made this fake trailer for Weird Al, a notoriously boring, straight laced, no drama, no. He's had no, you know, controversy in his career. And they had Aaron Paul play Al Yankovic as you know, his career comes crashing down. You know, just made a joke of the whole genre. So here we are, more than a decade later, we got the real thing. Shot in 18 days for $8 million. So this is like a student film. This had no budget, no time, but a terrific cast of people. I'm sure cash in favors, friends of Al. So Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter himself playing Al Yankovic, Evan Rachel Wood as Madonna, and Rain Wilson as Dr. Demento. Who always wears the top hat and uh, bow tie, whatever, whatever uh, situation. He's Did in. I see Jack? I'm not gonna Black? spoil it. There's a lot of folks, include yes, yeah, a lot of famous, funny people like Jack Black, who have little cameos. So I'm not gonna spoil the plot or whatever, but it's a perfectly weird out thing to you know take the standard biopic and parody it. You know, make make a mockery of it in his own sort of way. And I, I loved Weird Al as a kid. I can't say I've listened to anything he's done in the last 20 years. I, I, I wouldn't pretend to be a huge fan. I've never seen him in concert or anything. But he was a big deal when I was a kid. I remember listening to those albums. I remember listening to Dr. Demento uh, and, and discovering some of this stuff. And it, this movie just took me right back there. Like that, The sense of humor was right on the nose. And the tone of it all was like, it's so ridiculous to even make a movie. Like he's, it's so ridiculous that this guy ever got famous. It was such a one in a million shot. And he is, you know, it's very self-deprecating. And it just had the exact right tone. Because a lot of the movie or music, movies about music people are so pompous. And it was destiny for this person to become a star and all this nonsense. And he just deflates all that stuff. Um, a lot of people are comparing it to Walk Hard, you know, the Dewey Cox movie, which has become a very cult classic. And it's it's you know I you know Walk Hard got there first, and it's probably funnier. But this movie, I just again the exact right tone. I it wasn't rated, but I would say it was probably PG. I don't know if there was even a curse word in it. So like to be that funny without doing anything naughty or you know or subversive like that was just quite quite a uh, uh, achievement and I, I had a grin on my face the entire way through and it just took me back to, to being 12 years old and listening to these records and feeling like I was the only person who got this joke and it was just again aimed right at my sense of humor and I adored it 
Yeah, I thought I was good. The first uh, Nick and I watched it, my son, um, and I was like half the time going, "Oh, this means blah blah blah." Yeah. Oh yeah, this is talking about whatever. You know, annoying. But uh, I thought the first hour, almost close to an hour, was solid gold. I was just like every bit as into it as you're describing. And I just felt like the rest of it just kind of petered out for me. But for the most part, I thought it was really good. It was a really neat take on it. I like, you know, like you said, the twists, how he wrote new lyrics to the, uh, to the, you know, biopic. So, uh, I, uh, yeah, I really, it was really, really good. I remember listening to Dr. Demento on 106 every Sunday for years. And I caught UHF was playing on one of the streaming channels. Pluto First GIF I ever made. First GIF I ever made is yeah. that one I occasionally share with you guys. I still have on my phone was uh, look up, look down, say hello to Mr. Frying Pan. <laughs> <laughs> but again i haven't watched that in 30 years probably and i i flipped over and watched about a half hour of it i was like yeah that's it's that exact Plus. Type, that exact tone that's good good stuff and i i had a weird feel like uh i said this movie made me feel like i was 12 again but it definitely did so I have joined that Letterboxd app that Seth has talked about where you log your movies and write your little reviews and you can make lists and keep track. So I'm, I've joined that. And so I finished this movie. And I log into that app. And normally I hit what, you know, is it one star, five stars? You pick your stars and then you write a review or whatever. So I'm like sitting there. I'm like, I didn't I didn't know what I didn't know how many stars to give it. I kind of panicked. So like, OK, I'll write the review first and then I'll, then I'll go back and do the stars. And I'm sitting there. And I had that exact feeling I did of like all these movie snobs on here. Are they going to look down on me? Like if the cool kids in high school knew I had these CDs, oh, you're listening <laughs> to Weird Al. Like I had that moment of like the cool kids are going to think I'm such a weirdo if I give this movie five stars. And I was like, you know what? This movie, I enjoyed this movie more than anything I've even seen this year. So, yes, I, it deserves five stars. I don't care what the, the cool kids think of it. Yeah. So I have matured in these past 30 years. You did it. <laughs> this podcast not sponsored by Letterboxd. Yeah. Join and follow our movie reviews. Find us. <laughs> Come find us. Good luck. <laughs> <sighs> I've followed people on Letterboxd that I never have before just because... I'm afraid I'm gonna lose them on Twitter. Yeah, I, I had a feeling that's where you were going with that. So, yeah, by the time we uh, yeah, by the time this comes out, there may not be. By the yeah. time we sign off tonight, uh, Twitter may be gone. <laughs> well, I only follow Seth on there so far, so I I've, I've very curated. I want to branch out a little bit. <laughs> I don't trust anyone else for movies. Uh, and neither should you. Well. Uh, uh, a lot of people, uh, you see that a lot of people like weird. A lot of people were closer to your review. A lot of, it was very popular. All right. Oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs>
Good I stuff. Some sleep, so. Good, good stuff. All right. We hope you like movies. We hope this was culturally relevant. Yeah. And mm. will live on beyond us. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> We're not culturally relevant until we get referenced. That's it. So, yeah. Get on that, somebody. All right. Thank you. We'll see you next time. My name is Jordan Love. I'm Cliff Barnes. Seth, bye forever. Gonna mention Westworld being canceled. Hmm. Did anybody finish it? That last season? Oh, Westworld? Yeah, yeah we watched it Oh, did you? I don't remember anything about it. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> make any sense of it, it doesn't I, make any what sense. i remember i couldn't explain yeah <laughs> it's totally yeah. indecipherable was there a genie involved i wish <laughs> well all i have is andor so i don't know i mean do, do we have enough we don't even need we don't have to talk about it at all you, we you can totally fuck it yeah we can just say the fuck it things done Yep, sounds good. Okay, never mind. So do, what do you think is going to happen, though? I'm curious. Uh, the Ooh. I don't I know. Mean, everybody is converging on the funeral. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just, I, I think the most thing I'm most invested in is Cyril Karn. And I, I, uh, I feel like, like he said early on in the show, like, he re- he knew that guy's voice. He did, you know, he would recognize his voice, Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah. So I feel like he's going to, like, he's going there to try to prove himself. To he'll be Dedra. halfway through a bite of cereal and be like, yeah, he'll be like, <laughs> <laughs> he won't want to crunch down on it or just have it in his mouth. Uh, but it's like the he's spoon want- just starts shaking. He's just <laughs> he just wants to like get in with them so bad, and I feel like he's gonna go there. Hear the guy, he's gonna be able to ID him, and he is just gonna get nobody is gonna give a shit about I this is kind of what I want. What I want him to do what he's trying to do, go there and you know, impress, you know, try to impress them, be able to call the guy out, and then they'll like take his information and use it, but just shit on him or whatever. Yeah. Just like mm-hmm. fucking yeah. drive he, over him with no, a tank or whatever. There's no victory for him. No. Whatever. He cannot, whatever it cannot work out for him. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I want to, uh, you know, I want to see what happens to Lonnie. <laughs> I, this, the show is, I'm so used to the other stuff. Mm. When they mention, oh, there's, there's a rebel pilot. With, you know, with, with meeting at a rendezvous. I'm like, oh, who's it going to be? I'm like, that's yeah. not what this show is. Mm-hmm. Or they talked about it's a trap. I'm like, oh, that would be a funny, yeah. you know, uh, what's his face reference. Like, yeah, this show doesn't do this. <laughs> that last episode where, where Luthen has to escape the, uh, the uh, not Star Destroyer, but the little patrol ship, I think was about as much of that type of action you're going to get, you know. Although I, there's people saying, they're afraid we're going to get like a CGI Leia like we did young Luke saying mm. of like, you know, with this upper class, what's her name? Uh, Mon Mothma like travels in these circles. Like, yeah, 
and like the the other you know go, go play the fancy rich girl her her cousin I, and it's like would they have some connection to Alderaan or whatever to like how, how would they get into the rebellion and yeah like, I oh, did, oh if Leia shows up at the end wow that would I definitely think you're going to get so. you're going to get Bail Organa but you're not going to get Leia yeah I, yeah I agree you're not going to get Leia no. You, I, That's I, not this. I fully expect. I've been expecting to see Bail Organa show up at some point, because him and Mon Mothma were, you know, the leaders of the of the rebellion, and that whatever that other guy that um, is leading the other faction besides Saw Guerrero, he's he's you know he's going to get blown the hell up. And I and love that and, stuff with her kid, her her husband and kids. Just like it's just like she cannot win. Mm-hmm. It's just like she is like they don't they just think she's so you know <laughs> pathetic caring about all these politics and it's just that whole thing oh why do you care so much about politics like uh and then like her like getting into the the stuff just because she knows that they you know wouldn't want her to she's all, all you know just, she's just that you're never going to be appreciated. And meanwhile, she's trying to keep her kid from being destined to live this life right. she's living. And the kid, it's going to happen. You know, it just <laughs> looks like, you know, yeah. she can't stop it. And her, her kid doesn't believe she even cares about her. Have it's they, like, have so, they confirmed ugh. that season two yet? Or is it just still a rumor? Oh yeah, yeah. They're, they've got it all lined up. They've got, they've got the time jumps lined up. Yeah. To, to map out the yeah they already talked about like each how many episodes between yeah, time I jumps i remember this. like they wanted it to be a longer series and like they you know then like then they coordinate with disney's like okay you're just getting to like they knew ahead of time i think what yeah. they had to well do. um Not my red. I, the reason I, I question it is because you know it hasn't been it's not a huge hit there's, yes, it is. Well, I mean, there there's a group, there's 50% of people that love, Star Wars fans that like everything, love the show. And it's see a it bigger hit it than, I'm, I mean, I know what you're saying, but it's a, there's a ton of shit on Disney Plus that is not getting watched oh, like this show. Right, is. but this is like the first, this is the first one they've had to put on, oh, we're going to show it on network television, trying to find, trying to find a bigger audience for. Because they're showing it on ABC they're showing it on free, like every you know, two episodes here, two episodes there, on freeform, two mm. on whatever, and and doing Hulu or whatever, doing it that way. And I'm like, oh, this is that people scares would freaking riot if they took the show. This is a it's critics critically acclaimed and that actually means something. Yeah. yeah. So okay, so we'll do that later. We'll do. We have Wakanda forever. You got a game? Yeah. You got your game ready? Mm. Sure. Okay. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. 
All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at The Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show Kapow, the pop culture podcast at gmail.com. If you really want to go the extra mile, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash KPP for special content and access to Patreon-only benefits. We are grateful for anyone who chooses to contribute, but please know that most of our content will remain free. So please continue to like, comment, and share.